sports talk therapy has been delayed today due to another conversation. So we're just going to jump into what's going on with Colin's computer and why um, he used some loving words to describe it. So uh, Colin, this is, this is what the people want to hear, Finn. Uh, it is. I, we're we're going to go through this off air, but Colin is a very, very dedicated podcaster. Has been through a lot of his computers and uh, Colin, tell the people. Yeah. You know, it's a shame ESPN doesn't really give me the right tech for uh, to perform as I need to perform. But so the computer I've been using is like a piece of garbage Chromebook. That's it's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's the kind of Chromebook you would get like when your school district makes a deal with the government to get like a bunch of Chromebooks, but like your school district is like really poor. So I got like a new computer for Christmas. That's like the same thing, except your school district is a little more wealthy. So it's like a slightly better computer. So I had to like set it up and Zencaster and like Google and the browsers have like a hate hate relationship so you have to have like the latest version and your computer has to be all these like operating specs to run zencaster so my chrome like wasn't the latest edition so i had to like restart my computer but then i couldn't figure out how to turn the computer on i'm just also very bad with technology so i really couldn't figure out how to turn on or how to like update my chromebooks it's supposed to update automatically but like it actually doesn't update automatically so now we're back now we're here computer's updated we're ready to go the real question is, if you're getting shut out by the Saints, would you slam this computer or would you hold it? I mean, I slam electronics that are more expensive than this computer, so probably slam go. it. Yeah. Colin Finn, Tom Brady, best friends, Sport Talk yes, Therapy, sir. and we're back. Yep. Delay over. We're recording this on December 27th. Uh, missing a show last week due to the holidays. Uh, first of all, how was everybody's holidays? You know, pretty good. I have COVID, so I didn't get to do much. But besides that, it was good. Now, has, has Matt and Colin been reborn or not quite? Well, it was about to be reborn. And then I realized EA is full of a bunch of jerk wads who should all quit their jobs and do something that actually presents some value to the world because their game just makes everyone hate themselves. My biggest complaint is, like, I went to go. So I don't like grinding. I don't like solo much stuff like it's not fun for me so i used to play a lot of online ahead which like is okay but i still like being able to like play the mutt like weekend league and stuff but you have to get a good team so what i did in the last madden was i played draft champions and like if you win like six games around draft champions then you get like real ultimate team rewards you get like sixty thousand coins or whatever a few packs so it was like worth it to just go play draft because even though it would take longer probably it was just like more fun for me and i I could actually enjoy it. But now they just like nerfed the rewards. So you win like four straight online head to head games and draft champions and you get like 2000 coins, and, like two gold packs, like 275 overall players. So I don't even really want to play the game to be honest with you. Like I just don't, I, even though like, yeah, I don't know. It's a joke. Although at least they updated franchise mode, but I'm still disappointed in Madden for doing that. Cause it's like, they just want people to pay money for ultimate team, bro. It's, it's a racket. It's a racket. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like a British word. It's a racket. It's very bloody. Yeah. Um, God. But yeah, Colin. Uh, Colin thinks Madden is a joke, but joke is still a top contender for the Madden Bowl. No. Yeah, dude. Anyway. I, I've been checking out the competitive Madden. You know, check out the landscape. Apparently, the, the competitive guys say it's a better game this year than twenty. So, you know, 
even though Oshkwani was awesome, you had guys had punters at QB. It was a beautiful thing. There you go. Love to see it. But Finn, getting back to your original question here, uh, some notable items uh, and Christmas stories for the people. Uh, first, breaking news. Uh, loyal listener of the podcast, Grandpa, uh, learned how to make eggs last week. Um, Wait, as in like he didn't know how to make eggs prior to last week? What? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, it's a huge achievement. Uh, really big one for the team. Uh, we're looking forward to what's coming next. Maybe, uh, I don't know, tea or water. No. Cereal? <laughs> I think that one would be too tough, Colin. We're, we just <laughs> we learned eggs. I think he also made toast. Wow. So, oh, I forgot. He also made a steak because he got made fun of for his eggs. So he said, fine, I can do a steak too. So he just turned on the barbecue, tossed steak on there. Don't know how it was cooked, but made steak. But anyway, um, uh, a couple notable items uh, on Christmas for the people. Uh, driving range, Matt. The 11 Maiden Lane indoor driving range is happening. Um, I love it. Could my insurance be going up? Potentially, but we're we're good golfer. We won't miss the net, right? <laughs> and then uh, also a massage gun. So now I feel like a professional athlete. I feel like I could be talked about on Sports Talk Therapy. I think oh, that's how it works, right? You have a massage awesome. gun. I just need like, those air cast things for your legs, and I'll be set. Yeah, you're automatically a pro if you have a massage gun. I think that's the rule. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, one more funny story for the people. So my grandma tried really hard to be funny with her Christmas gifts, and a lot of them were funny. Um, she got uh, a bunch of people like ugly Christmas sweaters, and they're a bunch of good ones. Like my dad had like – it was like a Santa with like he was holding like a thing of presents, and then like it opened up so you could put like a drink in there, which is kind of cool. And then my uncle had one that was like a sweater. It was a reindeer, and the reindeer was wearing a chain, and the chain is separated from the shirt. So you're getting the theme here. And she got my grandpa like a little like elf like polo like shirt he put over a polo, so like an elf suit. Um, but she went a little rant about there being a lot of obscene Christmas sweaters out there. Uh, I'm sure, people have seen them. A lot of a lot of dirty minds out there in this world. And Nana just wanted to buy some clean, fun Christmas sweaters. And uh, the internet and the actual stores were getting in her way. But she looked really hard, and she got all these Christmas sweaters. And this is – I'm standing in the kitchen at this point, and she's, like, going on this rant about Christmas sweaters. I'm like, oh, yeah, the ones you got look great. And she's like, yeah, and look, I got this one for Grandpa. I got this one for Kevin, who's my uncle. And I look at his sweater. Um, It was not a clean Christmas sweater. Let's just say that. So she's going on this whole rant, and I'm trying not to lose it. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying to just, like, be respectful here, let Nana have her moment. Of buying your sweaters uh then i quickly pick up on my uncle also has no clue what's on said sweater which i just texted you guys it might come through in a minute you might start to laugh so i'm like yeah no uh ugly christmas sweaters should definitely be fun you did a great job like nothing wrong with any of these sweaters um but there's something severely wrong with the sweater has it come my, through? Favorite, my favorite part of this picture is how everybody is just standing having like a wholesome family conversation and he is just so unaware. Oh, nobody, he, nobody realizes. Yeah. Did, I, did they figure it out eventually or no? Um, no. So here's the funny part. So to fill the people in, um, it's the best way to describe it is basically a reindeers having sex sweater. Um, if you look at it from afar, you could like, oh, like maybe they're like getting in a lineup, like to go fly, nope, prancing or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so I'm standing here, like I pick up on this, like I notice no one else does. I'm like trying to like keep a straight face, not laugh. Uh, this picture was taken approximately two o'clock. I texted Colin, like, like you, my aunt, uncle, and cousins were quarantined. I texted like, oh, I think you get a laugh out of this, and they thought it was hysterical. And they're like, only, only my uncle Kevin could have a doctor in physics and not realize like what he's wearing on a sweater. Um, so I texted my sisters about it. Again, I don't want to say anything. And then when they left, I asked my parents, I'm like, you know, something funny about Kevin's sweater? And they're like, no, well, what was it? Like, cause I guess they just like didn't look at it. And I sent it to them that they started to start laughing. Like, Oh no, like we have to tell him like, he's going to wear it out. Like by mistake. Cause like, he just didn't look, he just put it on, didn't think about it twice. And then, uh, yeah, my mom told him and it was, it was pretty funny. He was freaking out. He had no idea. He felt, he, he felt bad. I'm like, Oh, it was the funniest thing of all time. You should wear it out again. <laughs> he's like, Nope, that one's coming in the drawer and is never coming out. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. Classic family hijinks around Christmas time. That is hysterical. Unbelievable. All right. I don't know if there's a. Sorry. You. I was gonna say, Finn, you have a story that can top that one. I unfortunately no. Uh, there's also been. I, I have luckily remained unscathed. There's been a bit of uh, COVID chaos in, in my family as well. So we had. Uh, my mom, myself, and uh, my mom's fiance on one side of the room, and my sister wearing a mask all the way on the other side of the room. So it was still got to exchange gifts, which is very nice. But uh, my sister has been living in prison, which is her room. But her 10 days is almost up, so she should be able to exit the room for more than five minutes starting tomorrow. So uh, that's exciting. Yep. I was going to say, Finn, if, I feel like there should be a special exemption for anyone who looks for dinosaur bones in Germany. That's just a cool <laughs> job description, and they should be exempt from quarantine rules. Yeah, well, she's, been, she's been working on her, her thesis in the room the whole time, so still Uh-oh. putting in that work. Better watch out. Lend four times and be written by the end of this. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, my, my dad also and that whole part of the family also unfortunately got COVID, but they're still putting in the work at the farm, feeding all the animals perseverance so uh hoping everybody's healthy everybody feels fine uh the quarantine should be up in a couple days so then we'll get back there we go finn i can imagine this invitation like oh finn like um i'm feeling okay like why don't you just come up you can be stuck at the farm and work for 10 days (laughs) (laughs) that would that would be uh if something was really like really needed to get done like immediately that i would not be surprised if that tactic was (laughs) thrown in there but Still thriving. House is almost done. Almost time to visit up there. There we go. Restaurant will open in 2025. Exactly. That's <laughs> that is possible. All right. So unless anybody has anything else from the holidays, we can transition into some games here from the past couple weeks. Yeah, we can. So how? Yeah, how are we gonna? How are we gonna? How do we want to do this? Um, I think we're just going to roll with normal game spotlight. Like, you can pick a game spotlight from the, the past week. You can do whatever you want. You can talk about a specific team maybe over the past couple of weeks and their two games. Very open. I have one thing I want to talk about in particular, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go brief on my game spotlight because I think I'm going to go longer on my, on my dysfunctional team commentary this week. Ooh. Let's say, Colin, let's not forget about two weeks ago. We had some function. Mm-hmm. We did, and well, and I was at that game. Oh, yeah. So, 
I was. I was at that. It was the. It was probably the best Lions game I've ever been to. So, <laughs> it's actually that's not even close. So me and my dad, and my brother, have been going to a lot of Lions games over the past few years, and it's the first game we've all been at that they won. So, it's it was a monumental moment for for our Lions fandom. <laughs> Yeah, but if one of you guys wants to jump into like team spotlight over the last couple of weeks or something, I can do that. I guess um, I talked about them a decent amount this year. I'm a big fan of his young team. We're going to go with the Bengals. Uh, picked up two dubs in the last two weeks, uh, really solidifying their place in the playoff picture. Uh, two weeks ago, they beat the Broncos in a cold, grinded out type defensive game, showing the versatility. Uh, Fifteen to ten win overcoming like adverse conditions and a tough defense to really get the job done. Uh, but I'll really focus on this week. Uh, really big win for my guys in the stripes. Joe Burrow absolutely went off 525 yards, four TDs, Joe Mixon, 65 yards in the TD. Uh, I would have preferred if Jamar Chase scored instead of T Higgins, but Chase had uh, eight for 125. Higgins had 12 for 194. Absolutely destroying the Ravens. Now, granted, no Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson doesn't play defense. They put up 41 points on a pretty solid team. Sit at 9-6 and six in first place in the driver's seat. And I think it's a huge step for this franchise. Uh, they were pretty much known as either going to be bad or they're going to go like 10-6 and six and lose in the first round. Could this team be a little bit different? Maybe. We'll see. Um, but good to see them playing well and just a young, fun, uh, explosive team. Uh, that are, I was going to say fun to watch, but I just said fun. So we'll think, think of another word. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how a team can win in two very different ways in back-to-back weeks, and that's what a, a Super Bowl contender has to do. They're fun. They're really good. Joe Burrow's a franchise quarterback. I don't care that yeah. people are saying, like, oh, the Ravens have all these COVID issues. Yeah, that's true, but he still lit you up for 525. Yeah, I mean, you you, you, can only, you can't say that when you got beat by, like, as much as I got beat by. This sort of looked like the game at LSU where he scores three through seven touchdowns where, like, I felt like the Bengals were, like, running off the line of scrimmage. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to run a pattern, we're going to see what happens. It was like they were aggressively attacking the Ravens' defense and there was nothing they could do about it. Like, I think at the half, Burrow had a perfect quarterback rating and he finished with 143, which is unbelievable. This is the fourth best performance in terms of passing yards in NFL history. The fourth. And he was two That's yards away from being second. Absolutely unbelievable performance. <laughs> I did have one note I wanted to add about this game from uh, Kofi Yaboa, who works for Secret Base. Highly recommend that YouTube channel and whatever other socials that they're on. But he's a Bengals fan, and he tweeted this out. Love this team. Joe Burrow, dealing. T. Higgins, mossing. Zach Taylor. Joe Mixon, mixing. Tyler Boyd, Ballin, Jamar Chase, Coaston. Is Zach Taylor the most anonymous head coach of a good team of all time? He might be. I was going to say, I didn't know who their coach was, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, they, and I'll talk about it more, dysfunctional team commentary, but my, the path to the AFC North for the Browns, that's the main thing that's, uh, raining on my parade there is how well the Bengals have been playing and uh, they very very easily could have a home playoff game which would be awesome for them they could and uh, just for all the people out there who are wondering uh, 
New York radio host, Boomer Esiason, holds the record 490 yards in a game. So, Burrow was close, but still a ways to go. Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. That was for the uh, the team record. Oh, 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 for the team record. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Matt Schaub, underratedly, second all-time for passing yards in the game. Matt the Schaub and Colin Oskew, being a, a Lions fan, uh, northern guy, uh, thoughts on Matt, like week 16 and 17, Matt Flynn from like 2014-15. I feel like the dude would always go in for Aaron Rodgers and throw for like 450 yards. Yeah, I specifically remember that one year where Rodgers was sitting. We were like, oh, we're going to beat him. Like, ha-ha, like Matt Flynn starting. And then he threw for like 500 yards on us. That one, me. That that was one of like, I was just talking about how the Cardinals game was one of the best Lions games ever. That one was like, if I'm thinking of most depressing Lions games I've ever seen, the Matt Flynn game is top two, three, maybe for sure. Yeah, so I yeah I've always had a special disdain for Matt Flynn. Yeah, I got the year wrong. It was 2011, but yeah, you're right, Colin. Uh, absolutely ridiculous game, and I remember I had Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team. I was in the championship. I was very upset that he wasn't starting. I picked up Matt Flynn, sort of as a joke, like oh, like yeah, I've got Matt Flynn. Watch out, you can't touch me. And then Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn. Yeah, yeah, that was uh. Yeah, that, that was a that's a game that Lions fans will will always remember for sure. I don't know if I'll always remember this game, but it could be a sign of a changing of the guard. After last season, it looked like Buffalo had fully taken the reins of the AFC East, finally rid of the Patriots who had tormented them for the last twenty years. And at the start of the season, it looked like more of the same. However, the Patriots got hot. looked like it was going to be the same old Patriots again. But this weekend, the Bills go into Foxborough, beat the Patriots 33-21, to retake the lead in the AFC East. And with their schedule pretty easy the rest of the way, it looks like they are going to be the AFC East champions this year. Um, couple things from this game before I ask you guys a couple questions. Uh, Josh Allen was phenomenal all day long. The Patriots, the 12 point game is too close for this game. The Patriots did a good job of hanging in there, but Josh Allen dominated a great defense all day long. Isaiah McKenzie having a career game out of nowhere going for 125 and a touchdown. And, uh, I'm going to ask this to Colin. Matt couldn't keep up yet. He couldn't. However, I mean, obviously I'm going to sound like I'm defending him. However, I actually got to watch a decent amount of this game because it was on the same – That was this was the game that we got in addition to the Lions games. So we were flipping back and forth. I felt like every drive, man, he's putting the ball – like his, nobody got any separation really all day. And he wasn't great by, by any stretch of the imagination. He, he, and he's been worse these last – few weeks especially he's come back to earth a little bit um but i mean it was like i felt like every like every single pass was just like an in route to jacoby myers who was still covered and then the ball would like be like in the only spot where it could be and it was just like there wasn't enough space between jacoby myers and the defender to actually do anything and I, the teams the receivers had some COVID issues the teams had the, the receivers are a question mark coming into the year. Honestly, they've outplayed what 
a lot of people thought they would be to, be, to be quite honest. Kendrick Bourne's been better, but they still need a top dog. They need some guys that can get open for Mac down the field because he can't. Like, I love Kendrick Bourne. I think he's better than, than what maybe he was, like, than the free agency buzz that he got. But, I mean, the Patriots need a couple big weapons in the passing game because John o. Smith clearly is not, <laughs> not it. Thought he would be. He's not. He, he's not been remotely relevant at all besides making a couple of really bad plays. And Hunter Henry is a good possession guy. Myers is a decent possession guy, right? Those are, But they don't really have a threat. Threats down the field. But I believe in Mac, man. I think he's still really good quarterback. And I think that this is kind of a wake-up call, right? The Pats are... It's his rookie year. They're they're leaning on the run a lot, but trust me, man, this is going to be a great rivalry down the next. However, Josh Allen versus Mac Jones is going to be a great rivalry for a lot of years. I don't know, man. It's going to be fun to watch. And Buffalo's a great team. You know, Josh Allen's a great player. Yeah, that's that's a fair response from our resident Mac Jones scholar, Colin, right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was – he's still a rookie. He's going to have those moments. But uh, still a playoff team there in New England. They have uh, – what they, they always have. We'll see how Mac Jones fares in the at-Miami late games, uh, late-in-season game that Tom Brady always struggled with. But they have Jacksonville next week. So uh, still should be a playoff team. We'll see what happens once they get in there, if Mac can lead them to a win. But, uh, yeah, definitely a great game there. I mean, all I want to say, Finn, is 6 for 33. 6 for 33. I thought Mac was a statue, but he ran 6 for 33. <laughs> I was looking at That's the passing stats or something about that. No, he had a couple of scrambles that were a moderate I mean, dude, speed. Like, yes, he's he's not Justin Fields, but he wasn't like Peyton Manning, no, dude. He like, he never was. Like, it's, I just, you know, I had to throw that in there. It's a cheap shot because yeah. of the Mac Jones. Uh, haters are out and about again. Yeah. Also, a couple, yeah, a couple more quick notes from this game. Uh, one, I had started to believe that this was going to be the Nikhil Harry game. Immediately dropped the pass on his first target, yeah. and that was just a nope. And then, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, former Lion that you have expressed your disdain for showed up in this game, and I was like, oh, I didn't know you were here. Jelani Tavai is on the Patriots. Yes, he is. <laughs> that was a surprise. God, dude. I hate that guy. I love our current fat Hawaiian guy. The, that fat Hawaiian guy I hated, man. So, Colin, how many fat Hawaiian guys were permitted per team? Like, as my, hey, look, I will never, I will never set a limit on fat Hawaiian guys. But that particular fat Hawaiian guy was awful. <laughs> Horrible. One of the worst Lions players I've ever seen in my life. And he was just the epitome of Matt Patricia's like coaching style, so he also got some unfair hate for that. But you know. Of course he's gonna go to New England and be good, because that's how that's how life works I mean, when you're a Lions cast off. I saw him on special teams, but uh yeah. <laughs> we'll see if he ends up making some plays for New England. I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like Tavai, it funny, yeah. it's not Jelani Tavai, is it? Yep. The first thing he did was go to the Patriots practice squad when he got caught. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was like a day later. 
All right, any notes from uh, other games from the past couple of weeks? Or are we doing dysfunctional team commentary? We all have a lot to talk about. We do. I'll, I'll throw in a couple quick notes. You know, just uh, the Cowboys and the Rams extend their winning streaks. Both teams bounce back after kind of a tough midseason of losing a few games. Stafford did throw three picks. A couple of them were tipped. He's got to get his crap together, but if he does, they'll be dangerous down the stretch. The Cowboys look like a Super Bowl contender. Dak looks – Dak. I mean, that last, the Washington football team should never set foot on a football field again. They should just change their name just because of that game. I mean, it was that was one of the most horrific displays of football I've ever seen in my life. When, um, when you let up 42 points in the first half and have – Punches thrown on your own sideline. That's time to just take a lap after flying your Dude, they, benches to the game. Aren't you guys so glad we didn't get a game flexed into Sunday Night Football? Because everyone, it was entirely nobody knew this was going to be a bad game. We all thought it was going to be just a clash of titans. It was going to be two heavyweights toe to toe. It was going to be Tyson versus Ali. It was the whole, but no. Yeah. And then it ended up being it, nobody could have known. So you know what? It's okay, NFL. I forgive you for not flexing any of the. Great month, the great one o'clock. It's not like we had any good one o'clock games either. Those were all terrible games, you know. God, now Colin, you are 100% correct. There were so many better choices, however, and this probably only applies to me. This game was electric because I had <laughs> fantasy implications early on. I was explaining to Sean before the show, so this actually wasn't to advance further in the fantasy playoffs. This is a dynasty league in which the loser, the champion of the loser's bracket gets the number one pick. Ooh. And I needed a big game from Dalton Schultz. Oh, there you and go. It, I was celebrating in the first half. I already had it won in the first half. I was like, I thought there was going to be down to the wire, whatever. But the reason why I stayed up to keep watching it, and I got the whole nobody cares about your fantasy team, and especially nobody cares about your friend's fantasy team. But I had a friend who asked me to text him updates because he couldn't look at his phone. He needed less than 21 from Antonio Gibson and Tony Pollard, and it did not look good early. Gibson was the only player that played well for Washington the whole night. He scored a touchdown, and Zeke got pulled out of the game, and Tony Pollard went in, and I was like, oh, man, you have one point to spare for like almost the entire rest of the second half. And then one of the biggest fantasy football miracles I've ever seen occurred. The Washington football team pulled Antonio Gibson in the second half. They didn't play him. And then Kyle Allen led a drive that took up half of the fourth quarter. And then the next drive, the Cowboys put Corey Clement in. He won by like .2. It was incredible. It was electric. So I was the only person that probably watched that game to the end, like on the edge of my seat to see if either of those guys got one more carry. But uh, yeah, Colin, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was a funny, it was a funny game and it was, I, I have Cowboys fancy guys, so I was happy about that, but it was bad. It was a joke for sure. All right. So are we getting into dysfunctional team commentary now here, oh, boys. Where do we start? Um, who would like to start? I don't with? even know. I, I, we all have an extreme amount. I mean, Colin, I guess you have the least dysfunction. Yeah, I'm, mine's more going to be functional team commentary. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the Cardinals game because, I mean, Boyle starting yesterday, I mean, yesterday's game, like it's not as fun to talk about as the Cardinals game. 
Um, also, I may have to take... So the way my COVID situation worked was that I just had like a... I went out Saturday night. I worked Saturday. I was, had a great time. Woke up Sunday morning, ready to go to Lions game. And I was just tired. I had a runny nose. It's like, oh, might be a little hungover, whatever. And then, so, ended up having COVID. May have given, maybe I'm the reason Jared Goff now has COVID, because I immediately went to the Lions game. Um, Where'd you go? Get him out. You're welcome, Jared Goff. But, I will say, this game was one of the best Lions games I've ever watched. I don't know if you guys had a chance to, to view it. It was just dominant. From like it wasn't even like it was a dominant performance from start to finish. The Lions came out and just absolutely pummeled the Cardinals. They had they went for an onside kick like after they got that first uh, field goal. I mean, it was the Cardinals didn't even touch the like they didn't even, it, they had like three Murray had like three attempts like, in the first quarter because they just absolutely grinded the clock down and it was awesome. Craig Reynolds had a great game. Goff was throwing the ball reasonably well. Reynolds had a great game. Amon Ra had a great game. The defense was aw- Charles Harris looked unbelievable. He looks like a stud. Just the breakout after five years. Love to see it. I mean, I love, I just love, Dan Campbell, man. Like, I love that we go for it more than any team in the league. I love that, even in yesterday's game, I love that he comes out. We get it. We're going for it on fourth and one, offsides, fourth and six. Now we do fake punt, Jack Fox, pass down the sideline. Just the way he approaches football is just awesome. And ever since he's taken over the play call from Anthony Lynn, our offense has looked a lot more explosive. We've had a lot of play calling, has been a lot better, more innovative. Um, Especially just considering the talent we have on this offense, the team seems to be playing with an identity. I mean, the Cardinals game was just so fun, man. The 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 Amani Oruwari interception was freaking amazing. I mean, how what else can I say, dude? The Lions, uh, the last and even yesterday's game, man. Just they they fought. Tim Boyle was playing quarterback, and basically everyone else played well except for him. He's the reason we lost the game, essentially. Um, he threw a pick in the red zone at the end of the game after our defense made a couple great plays. But after July, Jalen Reeves Maben had made, had a great force fumble. So you know what? We're definitely I love where the Lions are at right now, which is crazy considering everything. But we, I mean, we we're literally starting Will Harris, our strong box safety at corner. Like, he literally, and he's not a good box safety. Like he was a bad box safety. Like, he was our third safety coming into the season because he's bad. He's not a good player. And they move him to corner, and we pound the Cardinals and almost win yesterday. Um, I mean, it's just, the team, is, uh, the team plays with some fight, man. They play with some heart. Got to go resign Charles Harrison for agency. Got to make sure Craig Reynolds gets the ball and... Oh, you know what? Maybe we get a couple receivers next year. Get a quarterback that can push golf a little bit. You never know what's coming down the pike. But the Lions seem like everyone seems like they really respect Dan Campbell and like him. And he's a good. He might be. He seems like he's the right guy for now, which is all you can really ask for. So, shout out Lions. Shout out Craig Reynolds. 
PFF's highest graded running back in weeks 15 and 16, um, or weeks 14 and 15. And, you know, I got to give a couple quick Craig Reynolds stats from weeks 14 and 15. 171 yards after contact, first among all running backs. 88.3 offensive PFF grade, first among running backs. 10 missed tackles forced, first among running backs. Four plus, four 10 plus yard runs, fourth among running backs. Three 15 plus yard runs, second among running backs. The guy's awesome. Stud. Netflix is a beast. Even though he's super slow, he's like, he's like Arian Foster. He just is so shifty and he always falls forward and I love him to death. I love you, Craig Reynolds. There you go. Oh, that was Very great cool to call. hear. Functional team commentary. Some optimism, yeah. I, I haven't had that good of like commentary on the Lions in a long time, man. Yeah, my – you said earlier if we asked if we had the chance to watch this game. I had it on red zone, and every time I looked at it, I was like, uh, like when's this going to turn? When's this going to turn? Yeah. And I, I like stopped, and I watched it for like five minutes. I'm like – and saw exactly what you saw, Colin. Like, they are kicking the shit out of the Cardinals. Like, the Cardinals had nothing yeah. the whole day. No, dude, it was, it was, they got blown out. It was worse than the score indicated, yeah. to be honest with you. Like, they just got, it was 17 0 at half, and the Lions beat guy, like, posted a poll, like, our Lions going to win this game, and it was 50 50. So that just shows you how scarred our fan base is, but, you know. It, it was it was a great game, man. It was awesome. It was awesome to be at Ford Ford Field atmosphere. Ford Field's rocking, man. It was awesome. No big Sean this time, though. No big Sean. That was disappointing, but hey, I'm sure I'll yes. be back. Speaking of Sean's, um, some not as happy thoughts. Some thinking about the the New York Giants here. Yeah, just just a guess. Good guess, man. Um, I stand by my claim from about, I'm going to put it on October at this point when I started like ragging on Saquon Barkley and how awful he is. Um, Saquon Barkley is the worst running back of all time. He's the most overrated player in the history of the National Football League. Now I'm hoping he can get it together, but he just looks awful. Um, Cal- against the Cowboys two weeks ago, he was absolutely anemic as of the offense, the only thing Mike Glennie has going for him is he's six foot seven through three picks. Barkley had a great game for him. He was 15 carries for 50 yards. Devonta Booker looked way better. Uh, the receiving cores got big names. We got Galladay. We got Ingram, Rudolph, Sterling Shepard, whatever. They'll stink. Um, I mean, I guess how badly the Cowboys manhandled the Washington Dinosaurs. I feel a little bit better about that game. But – just a snoozer, like you, you just know they're not going to come back. You, they're down three nothing, and the game is over. Uh, that's how it was this week. The defense played awesome in the first half, held the Eagles to three points. But when your offense is a three and out every single drive and you get absolutely nothing going, you get tired and you get lit up in the second half. And that's exactly what happened. Letting up thirty-one points in the second half, losing thirty-four to ten, getting some garbage time points to make it close, or closer, I guess. Barkley, another stellar game. Averaging 2.1 yards carry with a long of 7. Uh, 15 carries, 32 yards. Um, great. Now I can't get Eagles high to stop playing in the background. Uh, just absolutely awful week. Kadarius Tony came back. He's fun sometimes, but like 
when he's targeted nine times and four receptions, that's just not good. Uh, this team is really bad. Uh, Joe Judge's job might be safe. Sure, whatever. Give him one more year. Uh, Daniel Jones will probably be back next year. But something needs to change. This team is really bad. Um, the only thing that was positive was Julian Love led the team in tackles this week. Hey. Other than that, um, yeah, nothing. Literally nothing. This team is atrocious. Uh, there's no hope. And the, I was I was thinking they beat the Eagles somehow and finish like I don't know seven and ten and get a, a bad draft pick. But we're rooting for four and thirteen at this point. Um, bad season, bad team, and uh, peak dysfunction right here. Anything on Jake Fromm? He looked scared, which I don't like out of a rookie quarterback. Like if you're a rookie quarterback and or a quarterback who's never started before, I want you to go in guns a blazing, like attack a little bit. But he just looked scared and like he didn't belong. To be honest, six seventeen third pick looked like he had compl- no control at all over the game. Was missing passes ten yards high, ten yards short, ten left, ten right. Um. You know it's bad, and they had to put Mike Glennon back in. Uh, so, yeah, um, he's not it. Daniel Jones might not be it, but we don't know because the stupid neck thing. And uh, yeah, very bad team. Now been a decade since the last Super Bowl. Uh, we need to get our acts together here. So, uh, buck stops here. I don't know. Can't take it anymore. Yeah. Oh, and also my fun stat from Sunday was combined Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon had just as many rushing yards as Saquon Barkley. Oh. On five carries. Oh. Oh, no. Yikes. Not great. Uh, One more. Yeah, one more question about the Giants. I I can't remember if this is from this past weekend or the previous weekend. Did you see anything about the um, season ticket member loyalty offer that the Giants had? I did not. Where they offered uh, not to every person that is a season ticket holder, just the one per uh, season ticket account, you get a free large soda. That was their promotion. That's, that's a great offer, Finn. Sodas now in my life probably go for like fifteen dollars a pop. <laughs> Fan Appreciation Day was you get a large soda. Uh, yeah, not the greatest thing in the world, but yes. Um, the Cleveland Browns have had quite the past two weeks here. Uh, first of all, I was talking about at the end of the last show, where actually no, during the dysfunctional team commentary during the last show, where despite them being the Ravens, I was sad because of all of the COVID. Um, players on the COVID list, they weren't going to have a number of players against the Raiders. Thankfully, they did end up postponing that game two days. That was much appreciated and also necessary, considering the fact that they just had so many positive tests keep popping up. It's like, okay, let's stop see who actually is positive, and then keep it moving. Uh, so <laughs> a couple players were able to get back, but none of the quarterbacks. So Nick Mullins, remember that guy? Played for the 49ers for a couple of years. I think started for the majority of one season. I can't remember which year it was for them. And uh, he came in here, and the first half was awful football. Honestly, on both sides. The Raiders did not play well in this game at all. But the Browns had so many three and outs in a row, 
and then actually ended up having a pretty nice two-minute drill at the end of the first half before Chase McLaughlin missed a field goal. So they go into the end of the half down 10 nothing. I'm just watching this on Monday night like, well, it was a good – actually, no, it was not a good season. I'm sad. Why are we doing this? But then magic happened in the second half. Nick Mullins led them on a crazy comeback, had two touchdown late in, um, late in the second half, had two touchdown drives, including a crazy 14-play drive that was almost eight and a half minutes where they converted multiple fourth downs, including scoring a touchdown on fourth and five where Nick Mullins had to roll out of the pocket, very nearly fell into the ground, and then got his balance back up, fired a touchdown to Harrison Bryant, and the Browns took the lead with three minutes left. I was like, oh my god, they might actually do this, because the defense was playing great. And they picked the ball off on the next drive, so I'm like, oh, let's go. One first down, got this easy. Oh, but then, but then, but then, but then, they ran the ball three straight plays, which I, I can't blame you if you run the ball three straight plays. Nick Chubb's the best player on offense. He wasn't able to get 10 yards. And then the Raiders kicked a game-winning field goal, and I was very sad. However, I got over it pretty quickly because I was like, you know what? They could have gotten blown out here, but they didn't. Nick Mullins showed some fight. The defense showed some fight. Let's get it back here and give the Packers a game here. I was not expecting a win at all on Saturday. So even if they went in there, say they lost by, you know, seven or even 10 but like kept up for a little bit and nothing catastrophic happened i would have been like okay you know what because i'll talk about it at the end of this they do still have a semi-plausible route to the playoffs and they lost this game by two so you'd be like oh you're gonna be happy no i'm not happy the quarterback is bad the quarterback is terrible oh my god if you have almost any other like average game from an NFL quarterback this season, they win this game by at least seven. Baker Mayfield, and I've said it so many times on this show, I love him to death. Build the, build the statue if you want to. He brought the Browns to the playoffs. He brought them back to relevancy. Forever grateful to him for that. He was unbelievably terrible in this game, the whole game. He threw four interceptions. Each of them, the first three, each of the first three were terrible reads that he had no business throwing in the first place. He had two other plays that should have been very easy interceptions for the Packers that ended up being dropped. And I I know he's got the fifth year option next year, so we're going to let him play that out and we're going to see what happens there, but... Something, if he continues to play like this, he's not going to be the starter for much longer. Anyway, going back to some of the other things from this game, the defense was great in this game again. In the second half, I will say in the first half, they employed the bold strategy of not covering Devontae Adams, which was a big mistake. He toasted them, but then they were able to clamp down in the second half and get a lot better. Uh, Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson were great in this game. And uh, the Browns still having some COVID and injury issues. They had longtime guard Joel Batonio step out and play left tackle in this game. And he was great. That was a nice surprise to see. But I think I'll ask you guys, what, what do you, from an outside perspective, what do you guys think about Baker right now? He makes me sad. 
Yeah, he's looked really, really bad. Um, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with him, to be honest with you, because like he, I, I still don't believe he's this bad. But I mean, God Almighty, he needs like a significant overhaul of basically. I mean, his footwork has been like it. I don't know, man. I I see some guys who are saying that he has the worst footwork out of any quarterback in the NFL. And I, I feel like I can't just because he should not. His decision making, his arm talent, he's got what it takes. It seems like he's got just gone downhill these last couple of years. And I don't know if he needs to go. I don't know if he needs like a Ryan Tannehill type of overhaul to become a good quarterback again, but I feel like he's still there. But I don't know, man. He's been really, 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 really horrific. Like to the point like where he's like almost on Jared Goff, Sam Darnold reclamation level type. Where that's where he's trending, man, which is bad. And Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz just like may not be a starter in the league next year. Yeah, when you when you yeah, talk I about mean, footwork. I'm, oh sorry, go ahead. I'm not sure I'm that extreme, but knowing where he was picked and what he was supposed to be, he doesn't look like that. The infuriating part of that is we've seen him play well for extended stretches of time. His rookie year yeah. was great. Year two, not so much, but that was the Freddie Kitchens year. He came back the second half of last season through the playoffs. He was awesome. But now it's it's progressing, and I know there's the injury concerns, but at a certain point you got to learn to deal with the industries and uh, what you were saying about the footwork, Colin, the second interception, they were in the red zone. It was like third and 20. There was a holding call. They just wanted to get some more yards, kick a field goal. He That's what I saw. Where sailed, he sailed it, dude. Wait, he didn't set his feet. He like, and I don't know if you saw like the Threw freeze frame foot. of when yeah. he released the ball. It was gross. And it, it obviously it it sailed right over his Landry's head and it got picked off. So, um, Couple things I'll say again. I already mentioned how much how grateful I am to Baker, so we're gonna pass that for now. Um, he's got a big opportunity these last two weeks. If he plays better, even if they don't win both games, if he plays better, then that'll give you some optimism going into next year. It's like okay, get surgery, heal up, see what happens next year because he got one more year on the contract. But uh, if he continues to be bad. And if he does the Baker Mayfield thing where he starts talking in the media like, yeah, everybody doubted me. It's like, no, dude, play better, please. Just please play better. Yeah. I can't deal with another Instagram story of him being like, yeah, you screenshot, you doubted me. Like, That's why I wanted him in the first place was that FU attitude. And I think that worked for quite a while because of that early success he had. But it's getting kind of old. He hasn't done it as much in the past month, so that does make me feel a little bit better. But uh, all of this negativity being said, though, the path to the playoffs is actually alive and not impossible. The biggest part of it is winning out. They play at Pittsburgh on Monday night, which is tough, but I think winnable. Home against the Bengals is tough. They did beat the Bengals in the first matchup, but these are look like they're different Bengals, so I don't feel as great about that. But that's number one and the toughest part of this. But the help that they need isn't that unbelievable. They need the Chiefs to beat the Bengals this weekend, which I think is very possible. And they need to, the Ravens to lose one of their last two games, and they play Pittsburgh, and then they play the Rams, 
So it's not impossible. They also need to win two games, which they haven't done very recently, but uh, I'm still invested this late into the season, which is a nice thing considering the Browns have not had many seasons like that as of late. So we'll see what happens, but I was just like, I, I was in disbelief on Saturday watching how poorly Baker Mayfield played. And also the one last note here, um, I've changed my stance on it somewhat, but I had to vent to you guys. I think the words I used were absolute bullshit right after the, uh, (laughs) the final interception where uh, people's Jones very clearly got held and they didn't call it and it got picked off. That one's not on Baker. That was a terrible call by the officials, but uh, either way you shake it, he still had three interceptions. So, yeah, Finn, you texted about that, and just the way you said it, I had to turn on the play immediately. I got, oh, what happened here? And Yeah, that one's not on Baker. That one's on the, the guys in the stripes. Yeah, that one was tough. Did you guys see the – oh, wait, well, I'll, I'll save that for later. I'll save that for later. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, we're going to move into top fives right now hopefully some more some more positive stuff right here i'm gonna i'm gonna go first so i can cheer myself up because i'm feeling myself sinking a little bit in the chair i'm gonna sit up and talk to you guys about bowl game names for for a long for a long time bowl games were just you know you know you had the citrus bowl or whatever the fiesta bowl the rose bowl but now obviously you want to get some sponsors in there Make some money. Sure, absolutely. Uh, They're getting out of hand with these sponsors and creating some very, very funny bowl game names that I'm going to give you my top five favorite ones from this year. Uh, Number five is a classic. This one's been around for a long time, but it's still funny. Uh, It's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Gotta love it. It's always usually pretty early on. I think this year it was between two teams that decided to wear the same shade of yellow on their uniforms. It was Kent State and Wyoming. It looked ridiculous. They played it on the blue turf in Boise. It was a beautiful game. And uh, so the, the bowl is sponsored by the Idaho Potato Commission, and they just decided to slap a famous on there. It's like, yeah, we're famous. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Love it. This is one I didn't know was occurring until I looked through a list for this year's so I didn't have this one in mind originally for the top five, but I had to put it on here. How about the, the PUBG mobile New Mexico bowl? I don't really know what PUBG is. I know it's a mobile game, but <laughs> having the New Mexico bowl sponsored by like a fighting game on your phone just sounds really out of place. And it's like, I could just imagine that like when the teams now it's like, Hey, you had a great season guys. Really excited to see what happens. We're going to play in the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. I don't know how pumped up guys will get for that, but anyway, there's that. Finn, they'll get, uh, they won't get pumped up. They'll get uh, pug, PUBG'd up. PUBG'd up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I had a debate about number three because if we were including the outcomes of the games that have been played in this bowl – then this would easily be number one. Not even a question, but I had to be objective with the names of the bowls, so it's going to stick at number three. It's the Cheez-It Bowl. Giant trophy filled with Cheez-Its, rewarded the champion at the end. One of the most disgusting football games of all time was the Cheez-It Bowl a couple years ago, where I think there were like nine combined interceptions. 
Um, I know there's been a lot of bowl games canceled due to COVID breakouts, so I don't know if this one's still happening, but Clemson is in it this year, which is really funny to go from a, like a team that was competing for national champions year in and year out, and now you're playing in the Cheez-It Bowl. That's awesome. So <laughs> there's number three. Number two, this is an example of, I think this is a new bowl, and the sponsor just like doesn't match with the name of the bowl at all. So this is at Fenway Park, the Fenway Bowl. So you would think it would be some kind of like historic sponsor or something like that, and not the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. <laughs> I don't know why that one made me laugh so much. It just seems so like Fenway Park history, all this great stuff, and like Wasabi. It's like yeah, get some get some sushi on the Green Monster. I don't know. That would actually be kind of good. I do love sushi, but who knows? And number one. It had to be. This is a game that I know that got canceled, which is tragic. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Take everything that I said about like a coach telling his team about the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl and just amplify it by 100. If you're like, hey, guys, we're going to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Um, I hope everybody got like a Costco-sized bag of Frosted Flakes as like their present. So I don't know if you guys have seen that. Like I know that Notre Dame got everybody got PS fives because they're going to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I hope that everybody just got a giant bag of Frosted Flakes for this. That'd be great. Um, that's what I got. That was a pretty comprehensive list there, Finn. I'm a big fan of random bowl game names. Not necessarily the bowls themselves, but oh yeah, there you go. the names. Yep. All right, well. I can go next, Colin, if you want. Sure, well, sounds good. As I mentioned last week or two weeks ago, I'm running out of food. I didn't very quickly here. And I've been trying to look at places to go out to eat this week in the city that I haven't tried yet. And I've come across a lot of different types of food. And I don't think I've done like top five like Mexican foods yet. Not granted, this can be a little dicey here because like for instance, like I don't know, a steak burrito might be very different than like a I don't know. Uh, tofu burrito so we're just gonna keep it pretty general here we're gonna go with uh top five like types of food to order at like a mexican restaurant now i'm talking anything i'm talking uh fast casual sit down fancy not fancy um call me in number five uh it's always a classic it won't miss if you're at a fast casual place it's easy to transport easy to eat on the go we're gonna go with a bowl uh just Classic uh, white rice, black beans, double chicken, peppers and onions, and then double up all my condiments. That's much poly order. Um, but bowls will never go wrong. Uh, I don't really think you can have a great burrito bowl. Now, if you can get a burrito bowl in like one of those like salad, like uh, tortilla bowl things that are really, really good, that could elevate the status of the bowl. But generally speaking, those only come with salads. And like if I'm at a Mexican restaurant, I don't want a taco salad. I want like more burrito less salad uh, so yeah bowl coming in at number five coming in at number four uh i've never seen this as like an entree to be honest but it's always an appetizer and it's always really good we're gonna go with empanadas uh i really don't know what is in them it's like a combination of like some sort of meat rice cheese and like some peppery substance but when you get a good one nice and crispy on the outside really warm really really tasty very flavorful shareable Great. Coming in at number three, we're going to go with tacos. 
Um, now, I'm going to specify here, soft shell tacos. Hard shell tacos, the concept is great. However, if you find a hard shell taco that does not break as soon as you bite into it and fall over your plate, let me know. I'd like to try it. But everyone I've come across just turns into nachos, which is number two on my list. Uh, nachos are fantastic. Always a great option. Uh, whenever you get the chance to get loaded nachos, you have to go for it. Have to be wary of the stacking places out there who try to stack their nachos to make it look like a lot, and then there's actually not a lot of coverage. We're here. We are quantity and quality driven. We want our nachos with equal coverage across, and uh, always really tasty, really shareable. Can pretty much never go wrong with a good nachos. And coming at number one, uh, just my favorite Mexican dish of all time. If it's on the menu, I will be ordering it 10 times out of 10. We're going with the chimichanga. How can you get better than a deep fried burrito? Uh, absolutely unbelievable. You can do it with chicken, you can do it with beef, whatever it is. You can smother it in some salsa, some cheese, some sour cream, some beans. Oof. Best thing in the world. Uh, deep fried burrito for the win. Um, but yeah, that was my top five uh, types of Mexican food, I guess. Because like you could, obviously, like in my book, like I get like a, I don't know, some sort of like very specific like taco that would be a lot better than like nachos or something but that's just my categories overall mexican food rankings uh biggest snub on the list i left burritos off the list because i don't know if a chimichanga is on the menu and you order, you order burrito evaluate um there's so much more in this world and uh yeah that's my list good list good list a uh, couple things here one uh, empanadas, very, very underrated. Like, I'm very glad you put them on your list. Like, I, many people probably wouldn't even have them to think of them to put on that list. Much appreciated that you had it there. Uh, I've never had a chimichanga before. Oh, no. It's, yeah, you gotta change that. Come on. It's, it's like the one of the top 10 best foods known to mankind in a burrito. And then you deep fry it and cover it in cheese and sauce. This sounds a lot yeah, like awesome. you know, I, I'm a big enchilada guy. That's what, what I usually get at a Mexican restaurant. So it sounds like the same concept, but fried. It's like an enchilada yes. is like, um, I don't, don't want to like degrade one of our degenerate football teams here, but like an enchilada <laughs> is like the Giants right now, just like. They look really good at times. They can be really good, and then just like most of the time, you don't know. Uh, the chimichanga, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but chimichanga is amazing. It's like you upgrade it one more. It's like the next best thing. Um, but enchiladas are pretty solid too. I do like when they do like the dueling sauces. We got the red one and the green one. Don't know what they are, but they always taste very good. I will report back. Whenever yeah, Finn's gonna this week. Finn's parents will be like, oh, Finn, like, where do you want to go out to eat? We're gonna go out with you, your sister's home. It's like Mexican restaurant. Do they have chimichangas on the menu? We're all ordering them. <laughs> there is there is a Mexican restaurant not very far from my house, so maybe we'll get that one night this week. We'll see. And at my uh, the place in my town, which I actually have to get, I probably go tomorrow. I need to get my chimichanga fix, but uh, on the menu it is called the outrageous chimichanga. Now, mm. if any dish is outrageous. Come on, that's unbelievable. What makes it outrageous? It's big, it's fluffy, it's crispy, it's warm, it's juicy, 
It's made with love. Wait, I don't know. So they're based chimichanga. It's like it's like hopes it's called cookies. the outrageous chimichanga. Yeah, like the hopes cookies. Yeah. Oh, speaking of hopes cookies, um, mm. I went last Tuesday. Uh, Top notch triple chocolate cookies with mint chocolate ice cream for the win. Um, absolutely amazing. I had to. It's sort of like my taste of defeat because I'm going to buy you guys hopes cookies. So I just got a head start and just tried it myself. Exactly. Anyway, so are you saying that the base chimichanga on their menu is the outrageous chimichanga, or is there yes. a chimichanga and an out? Okay, so okay, that makes more sense. It is just the, okay. the outrageous chimichanga. Got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. Then I've just opened you a whole world of possibilities. Yes, you have. I'm excited. Colin. So, I guess I'm just gonna. I'm trying to decide here. I've done a bunch of Lions top fives the last couple of weeks, so I'm gonna go just gonna re-rank the, the 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 rookie wide receiver class of this year so far, with the information we know now. Um, number one, you still got to go Jamar Chase. The guy's been a stud. I mean, he's had ups and downs, but he's been overall phenomenal. Jalen Waddle has been better than a lot of people thought he would be, especially considering you know some of his quarterback play this year. He's been awesome. He's been used differently than he was in college. More and, he, and he's been awesome. He's been great. True wide receiver one. He looks like um, three. Devon, I, you could actually. I think there's two answers here, but Devontae Smith's graded out well. Um, his quarterback situation. People aren't getting the ball maybe as much, but I think he's he's addressed some of those body concerns he had coming in. And number four, I think you got to go Amon Ra at number four. The guy's been awesome. He looks like a damn good slot in the league. He's explosive. He takes handoffs. I mean, he breaks tackles. He's good possession. He can get over. He can, runs great routes. He's got enough speed, right? He's. I mean, he's just been awesome. And to get him in the fourth round and have him producing more than any guys except for Chase and Waddle, really. I mean, I think Moore has him in touchdowns, but I think he's got more yardage and receptions than anyone besides those two guys. Is awesome. It's great to see that he's going to be a, a stalwart in the Lions receiving core. And then I think at number five, I'm st- this is kind of where it gets a little tough for me. I think I got to go Elijah Moore still, but, you know, it's it's really those four guys, I think, that have been balling out this whole year, and especially those, those three guys. And I think Smitty will get better as his quarterback play gets better and produce a little more, but those – uh. I'm in route chasing Waddle. Been real, real good this year. This wide receiver class has been. It's been really good. Yeah. Any any guys that you think that aren't on the list that have the potential to take off next year? Yeah, I think that there's still a lot of guys that I'm still pretty hopeful about. You know, getting getting down into the. Uh, in these next couple of years. I think that I actually still believe in doing Eskridge. He's been hurt for a lot of the year. He's kind of been forgotten about on that, on that Seahawks team. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I think has been, whenever he's been targeted has been really good. I think he's going to really kind of come into his own uh, these next couple of years, especially when we've seen the Ravens be much really effective passing the ball this year and do it more often than they have been in previous years. So I think he's going to be great. Um. Yeah, I, I still believe in guys. I still believe in like Elijah Moore is, is going to be a decent player. Um, 
But yeah, I would say Rashad Bateman is really the guy who I think you got to look out for these next next few years. He's gonna be he's gonna be really good. And Rondale Moore too. He's been waiting for you to say Rondale Moore. Really that was what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, he's once yeah once the Cardinals wide receiver room clears out a little bit, right? I mean AJ Green's still there now. Hop, uh, Christian Kirk. They just have so many guys, but he's going to be great. He's he's looked real good too. Sean, you're not standing up for Kadarius Tony. Dude, Kadarius Tony looks really good when he, he was healthy. He's really good. It's just hard to evaluate a guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The rest of the team is so bad. Like, could Kadarius Tony be Jamar Chase if he was on the Bengals? Maybe. But, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a wait and see type of situation here. Yeah, dude. Tony, that one game was freaking, those two or those couple games was just absolutely dominant. Yeah, he. You got to hope that someone can He's unlock him a little bit. We just need to put it all together. And I thought we were one step away this year, but it looks like we're more like five or six. Yeah, many steps away. All but right. he is some right. function, and that's what we need to start building. <laughs> step one, some function. Fair enough. All right, I... I'm realizing I made the mistake. I've, I've done this multiple times where I've put bulletin board material ahead of top fives to break it up from little Weedles on the chart. But for whatever reason, my eyes are always drawn to top fives. So I'm sorry about that. We're going to do bulletin board material first. I'm going to start off with a guy that I think produces maybe the most bulletin board material in not the most, but is the best at producing bulletin board material in the NFL. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson of the Saints, also known as C.D. Deuce, uh, known for <laughs> folding his arms and looking right into Tom Brady during the, when the Bucs beat the Saints, or not sorry, when the Saints beat the Bucs a couple weeks ago. And uh, Tom Brady during that game broke his Microsoft Surface tablet. And Chauncey decided to tweet, hey, Microsoft Surface, can you solve can you send me a new Surface tablet? I need to give it to a friend who broke his. Thank you and Merry Christmas. Oh, all-time instigator, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Fantastic. Number two here. I, I got excited for a second here. I at first thought this man's name was pronounced Milo. It's not. Colin, his name is Milo. Milo, unreal. Milo Eifler. This man... During Sunday Night Football last night, he plays for the Washington Dinosaurs. Uh, The Washington Dinosaurs have had a big COVID outbreak. So I've never seen this before. Usually for even the bottom of the roster guys, they'll have, you know, for example, your, I don't know, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, the Sunday Night Football intros. He didn't have one, so they just showed a picture of him smiling during the introductions. So they went, you know, like Jonathan Allen, Alabama, and then it was just a picture of Milo Eifler. (laughs) smiling saying nothing thought that was very funny uh third one i have here are big man touchdowns this is the first day yesterday in nfl history where three offensive linemen scored touchdowns miracle day love to see it uh it was connor mcdermott from the jets um terrence Steele from the cowboys and i think will richardson from the jaguars Amazing day for linemen. Love to see it. 
lot of big man TDs this year, which has been awesome. And then uh, also one of them about the Cowboys game, Dak Prescott's now the first person to throw a touchdown to a running back, tight end, receiver, and an offensive lineman in the same game. So that's a fun stat. And then my last one here is the Jets being trendsetters. A rare sight for sure. So a couple weeks ago against the Dolphins, the Jets ran a play on third and 15 where Zach Wilson threw a little maybe in route to Jameson Crowder about five yards down the field. So it's like, okay, you're just going to punt. No. What Crowder did was he caught the pass, ran a little bit, and then Braxton Berrios was standing on the other side of the field. Crowder threw it across the field to Berrios, and then Berrios picked up the first down. It was a crazy play involving a lateral that usually would have pretty high chance for going poorly, but it actually ended up working. Well, the Cowboys took from the Jets. They tried to run the same exact play last night during Sunday Night Football. Probably one of the the only thing that didn't go right for them during Sunday Night Football last night. Uh, It was Cedric Wilson who threw it to, I think, Amari Cooper, and the throw by Wilson was not great. So it didn't end up working out, but shout out to the Jets for being trendsetters with the trick play there. Yeah, pretty pretty sweet play. Um, and I'm finally right. This is the only didn't go right for the Cowboys. But my l- biggest little weedle I already used in the beginning of the show, uh, Sweatergate. Um, but this didn't come up, Finn, in your top five bowl game names. Uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I thought about it. Now, the coach's comments on this game. First, South Carolina coach Shane Beamer goes i'm not a big mayonnaise guy i mean i'll gladly take one for the team on that one but if we won the football game oof because if you win the duke's mayo bowl you get a tub of mayo poured on you and mac brown true football guy goes if i won if i won the game i'd let someone hit me in the face with a frying pan i don't care fantastic yeah, not bad. Uh, so we can I love it. slather mayo on Shane Beamer and just hit Mac Brown with the frying pan because he's tough. And then my other little weedle, uh, not even a little weedle, it's kind of cool, uh, Texas State football, uh, just drinking maple syrup on National Maple Syrup Day. Uh, in in what context? Like where? They just, they just tweeted out, happy National Maple Syrup Day from the boys, Canadian flag emoji, team, eat them up. And it's a picture of like two guys like taking like two actually Jack guys taking like a wedding photo with maple syrup, and then one guy pouring maple syrup in another guy's mouth. Here I'll send the uh, the screenshot now. It's just absolutely electric. It makes me want to think of pancakes, but like I don't know if I could look like that and drink maple syrup. But maybe that's a secret. If we just drink maple syrup by the gallon. You look like a beast and play Texas State football. It's making its way right now through the breakfast channels. Oh, that's great. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. And this time I actually remembered to screenshot and bookmark this stuff so I didn't lose it. Nice. All right, Colin, little weedle. Bulletin. Are we on little? Are we do little weedles. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. So, no, you're good. Um. 
So I've got a few, and they're kind of all nebulous between Lilitas and Bulletin Board as usual, right? Before you go, Bulletin Board material was Colin sent a screenshot of we couldn't get game picks in the sheet. <laughs> Colin, what is Pokemon tier ranks? Oh shit! Did I really? Wait, wait. When did I put Pokemon tier ranks? Your screenshot of your last access, like Google Sheet. Oh, that's a classic, bro. We I played I played in a very competitive Pokemon league for a while. Shit was crazy. I love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's like chess, but like with little animals that shoot fire at each other. So all the companies awesome. Um, so first bullet or material is apparently that the Saints called Drew Brees to gauge his interest in coming back to play quarterback, and he just sent back a picture of him golfing. Apparently, they, they called Philip Rivers, too, but that's unconfirmed. That's just something my friend told me, so I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't see his like, source for that, um, which is just hilarious. And then, so the, uh, there's another one that's like, so <laughs> apparently... Uh, Chris Mortensen said this on the pregame show um, for Sunday, and he said that Minshew walked into Nick Sirianni's office and said, what will it take for me to become a starter? And they just said, it's not happening. <laughs> Which is pretty tough that you're not even, like, pretending there's any competition among your quarterbacks who are, like, pretty close in uh, production and skill. Just like, yeah, dude, like, you're never starting for us. <laughs> Sorry. Just go somewhere else. That's which is just that's hilarious to me. You always gotta like pretend, right? There's like a little comp- I thought that was always like a thing. Unless you have like Aaron Rodgers. But like you always gotta like kinda pretend there's some kind of competition. I don't know. It just seems a little ridiculous to me that Gar Garden Mission just gets shafted, man. I want him. I want him on the Lions. Uh so here's one. So Matt Ryan made his debut against the Lions on September seventh, two thousand eight. The Falcons beat the Lions that day. Lions tight end Dan Campbell caught one pass for 21 yards and loss, but that was the final catch of Dan Campbell's career. So it was the final catch of Dan Campbell's career and the debut of Matt Ryan. And then 10 years later, they meet again. Or not 10 years later, 13 years. Over 13 years later, they meet They meet again, which was pretty interesting. Um and that's all. I'll save my. I'll save my other one for Will Weedles. That was good stuff right there. Um, yeah. Again, sorry for not splitting these yeah. out here. I'll try to remember for next week. <laughs> um, Will Weedles. No, you're good. I mean, we just have. We just do have two segments that are very, very oh, similar. Wait, They're extremely so. different, and no one should ever mix them up. <laughs> the whole thought process yeah. was like, not like you want to have some funny quotes in there because not everything is a Lil Weedle. But sometimes it can be spun as a little weedle. So like yeah. it's more of a chance for us to talk about random things we've seen in the last week, but they are very, very similar. <laughs> All right. Uh, little weedles here. I have a number of just teams on here as little weedles. So I don't know if you want to kick it off, Colin, so I don't accidentally take anything. All right. I got, I got a couple quick ones here. Um, both mines are people. Uh, Adrian Peterson is my first little weedle. Um, I'm not sure if you guys if you guys saw this, but I actually thought this was fake, and then I went to his Instagram and realized it was real. 
he just posted like a screenshot of like a I don't know if it's a tweet or if it's from his notes. I think it's from his notes. It says, "Can we please come together and figure out a better solution that'll hold NFL officiating more accountable?" These blatantly missed and unwarranted calls literally change the outcome of games. It's heartbreaking when my sons, who flat out love the game of football, look at me teary-eyed and asking, Dad, why are they not making the right calls? Do they just want the Rams to win? <laughs> Which, I, you know what, AP, I'm on board with you calling out the officials until he just, like, talks about his kids. It's <laughs> like, dude, that is just... Oh my god! It's like dude. the meme where everybody's like, "My three-year-old daughter came up to me and said, you know, like, Daddy, why is everything so messed up in America with the little like this stuff? Like, problems? It, it's exactly yeah, like it's exactly like that. Yeah, dude. Or like the yeah, dude. That that was I was come on, bro. AP, like, we can get your point in like a different way. Just a ridiculous man for tweeting that. And then John Lynch Great is my man. other little wheel. Going, going to church in the Come on now. Dude, he liked a tweet. It just it was like, I mean, it's a funny tweet. It's like a meme of a dude like looking in the window of like an airplane or a train. It just says, leave Jimmy in Nashville. And he liked it. And they're like, yeah, no, I was accident. I was scrolling and accidentally like it. Like, we love Jimmy. Like, <laughs> just a layer. And I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, dude, like, come on, like, fuck you, don't, don't be liking that kind of stuff. I don't care if it's on accident, dude. Like, come on, that's just it was it was hilarious. Like, you should have never been in the situation where that could pop up on your feed. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't know who he's following where that's popping up on his feed, but like, oh, uh, what a ridiculous on Christmas oh Eve, God, just man. chaos, <laughs> dude. Mess. It's awesome. <laughs> God almighty, Absolutely incredible. Batman. Um, Sean, did you have any more? Did you empty it earlier when you thought? <laughs> when I went out of order? Uh, I had one more, which I was holding off of to be nice to the Browns, but... Oh, do uh, it. It's fine. The last last Browns quarterback throw four picks was Brandon Whedon. Oh, and let's go. <laughs> the video of Brandon Whedon getting swept up by the American flag um, just made, makes me laugh. Uh Back in 2012, Brandon Whedon's first NFL start. He just threw on the ball. He's in, in in the zone, just vibing. And they like say, like, please rise to the national anthem. And they start like expanding out and like soldiers are carrying the flag. And Brandon Whedon just looks like a little kid, like when you play that game with the parachute where you run under it. He just gets hit by it, he falls, and the American flag just goes right over his head. So uh, that's an old one, but all still a little weedle. And then uh hmm. I think that's all I've got for now. Good stuff. That was a legendary moment in the Cleveland Browns history. Brandon Weeden getting the 28-year-old rookie quarterback in his first start, getting stuck under the American flag and then throwing four interceptions. Awesome. Um, first little Weedle, we've already talked a bunch about this game. I just had one other note from Sunday Night Football. Uh, the... <laughs> This wasn't like a poorly officiated game, but there was one of the most obscene no calls I've ever seen in my life. I honestly thought I was like hallucinating that there was no way that this was true. It was on the in the first quarter. 
the Cowboys ran like it wasn't even an RPO. It was just a drop back pass. And the center just ran 10 yards down the field and started blocking a linebacker. And they didn't call it. And they converted the first down. Like, it's a very funny picture. Seeing, I think the center is Tyler Biotish, maybe. I don't know. But uh, he's just so far down the field. And even the like Washington players were like, what the hell? He's blocking me. This is a pass. Anyway, that was one. Uh, John Lynch was also on my list. So good, good call on that, Colin, right there. Uh, another one here. This is from two weeks ago. Carolina Panthers. I forget who their kicker is, but he got injured during pregame warmups. And they had a bunch of players go out there and try out for kicking. And it went so poorly. PJ Walker was out there. I think uh, Brandon Zilstra, the receiver, tried to do it at one point. DJ Moore gave it a chance. Not good. Really, really not good. And I think we mentioned it on the last show, too. Like, the Panthers, if they didn't have that hot start earlier in the season, like, they're a dumpster fire right now. It's not good. And we could have Matt Rule in there for the whatever the Jay-Z quote was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, like, just like, you know, like, it's like just like I always tell my players, it took Jay-Z seven years. So it'll take, like, what? You don't have seven years, Matt Rule. Whatever. Um, next one, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, <laughs> just looking at this picture right now, it makes me laugh. Um, the Eagles apparently have a formation where they like to have wide receivers like line up close to the goal line in a three-point stance, essentially lined up at tight end. It's just extra funny when the receiver in the game is Devontae Smith and they have him in a three-point stance right next to Jordan Mailata, who was like one of the biggest tackles in the NFL. He looks like an ant. He looks like one of us next to the big fat Hawaiian guy. Yes, exactly. It's yeah, incredible does. seeing Devontae Smith in a three-point stance. I wonder. I didn't check out how that play went for him. I wonder if I can find that. And uh, last one I have right here is going to be the Jaguars defense, and we've ragged on the Jaguars all year, but you letting up that 52-yard scramble to Zach Wilson where he faked like he was going out of bounds and then juked out your corner at the end and then ran away from your entire defense – that's not a good look at all. Impressive play by Zach Wilson. Give him some credit, but he had no business scoring on that play. All right. Is it time for game picks? I think so. I might I was, be. I'm struggling to uh, find the tab there. I thought Colin was going to respond. I thought we lost Colin, but Colin, you're going strong. New laptops really working out. Dude, the new laptop is is not a little weedle. I was prepared to to insult my laptop with little weedles, but it's it's actually been functional. Love right, to hear. There we go. On to game picks. Uh, first game of the week: uh, Giants Bears. One, two, three. Bears. Wait. Well, well, we have a dilemma from last week that we need yes, to settle I know. right I'm now. Just, I'm just trying to get fans like ripping off a bandage. Got to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we? Yeah. What are we doing about last week? I guess is the question because we. I was now, very late on my picks. <laughs> Missed like five games. Now, first of all, I would like to apologize. I thought I made the document able to be edited by anybody with the link. I clearly didn't. Sorry about that. So, in past years where this situation has happened, we've just stricken them from the record. The picks don't count. However. 
I think that that can't be the case this year because of the three games that Colin did not pick. I went 0-3 and, and Sean went 3-0 and and he deserves some credit for that. But I don't think it should be three games worth of credit because I want to keep everybody at the same number of total games on the season. So I have a proposition. Gotcha. I think we take one of my wins from this week, make it a loss, and then flip one of Sean's. Do you guys think that that's fair? Or does he get more? Or what's the deal? So I was I, my suggestion was going to be just go winning percentage, but I understand that we want to keep everyone at the same number of games. That makes sense to me as well. So my my uh, proposition is that Colin would have picked with Finn because my picks usually bad. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with taking three L's too, if that's what I'm fine with. Actually, taking three losses and then you guys going three three and zero. Oh. Um. I don't think that that's unfair. That. So I would that would be fine with that as yeah, well. What, yeah. Whatever works and I just had I don't know if this is a yeah. salad or burrito bowl, but I just had something delivered to me and it looks delicious. That's great. <laughs> Parks are good. Awesome. Yeah, how about how about how about I just take three that's L's nice All right. and move on. Cool. As as you Sorry, I'm still gonna lose, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> how far are you uh, how far Sean behind? This week, he was uh, thirteen games behind the two of us. So, yes, there, there you uh, go. Oh, yes. All right, now I can update this right here. So, Colin, we're still tied. <laughs> nice. So, so ridiculous. We are still tied right now. Um, let me just put in the updated things here. But we're not going to be tied at the end of the night because we do have differing picks here in this game so trying to do math in my head right now all right cool like you're saying once you update last week we're not gonna be dolphin saints or like once we do tonight because i was stupid i did my picks before we learned that our lord and savior ian book is going to start this game tonight and then I thought about changing it, but I was like, no, it'll be really funny if Ian Book wins this game. But I've now realized over the past couple of days that that's stupid. But I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> I think the line is still pretty close. But I could be wrong. I mean, Never know, Finn. Maybe Ian Book pulls out a double. Finn is the, is the reigning game picks champion. This is how you make or break your season. That's it. It's it's still three point it's still a three point line so you never know could implied probability's got to be like forty five percent exactly exactly so it's looking like before this game right here Colin and I are still tied and then Sean picked up three games nice. on us from those uh, so yeah we were all tied besides those uh, the Saturday and Thursday games so Sean will now be ten games back. So he's looking to make a last minute push here in week seventeen. Dark. Which we Colin and Finn can be like the 07 and 08 Mets, just like up whatever. Fifteen games is twenty to play, and we still lose. <laughs> we will we will see. I love it. We will see what occurs here. All right. Thursday night football. I think it's Thursday night game. Falcons Bills. Bills. I mean, I don't see the the Falcons having a 
resurgence here after almost losing to Detroit, who is not the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills. <laughs> yeah, I go Bills as well because big Bills guy, Josh Allen, really good player. But I'm seeing right now it's going to be 31 degrees. That weather forecast turns a little bit, gets a little mm. ugly. Take Josh Allen out of the game a little bit. I don't know, but still going Bills. Fair enough. Uh, no Thursday night game this week, so sorry for the misinformation there. And now we have Giants-Bears. One this last is a win. sad game. Bears. <laughs> yeah, I want I want the Giants to lose, so we'll go Bears. I'm not picking the Giants in literally anything. Yeah, if they had a different quarterback playing that's not Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon, I might pick them because the Bears are also bad, and I don't think Nick Foles can repeat himself. But Justin Fields might be back this week. Bears. Yeah. Chiefs Bengals. This is an interesting one. Yes, it is. Um, Because I'm still going to go Chiefs, but I don't feel good about it. The Bengals need this game. The Chiefs are a little banged up. They really don't need to win this game. I don't know. A little statement game for the Bengals here. The Bengals at home, dude. They might. This is a game I don't feel great about picking. Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs. Cardinals jungle. I'm down ten games. Bengals. <laughs> Cardinals at Cowboys. Cowboys. It's a four o'clock game that somehow ended up up here, but uh, I'm going Cowboys. Yeah, I can't pick the Cardinals in this. In they've looked not great for a couple weeks in a row. Finn, did you pick yet? No. It's an old-fashioned standoff here. Um, Thinking, I think I think the Cardinals bounce back. They have looked really bad recently, as Colin said, but I do not think that Cowboys are as good as the fifty-six to fourteen beating. But they're also, I don't know, Cardinals. I was talking myself into a like a Kyler crazy offensive game back in Texas, but the Cowboys defense is what's making me go Cowboys. Yeah, they are really good. Dolphins at Titans. We'll see what happens with Miami tonight against Ian Book, but uh, I think it's admirable what they've done to get back to 7-7, seven and seven, but I think the Titans are a better team. I'm going Tennessee. Yeah, this, I, this is a game where I wish I'd been able to see how the Dolphins play tonight. Um... I'm going to go Titans as well, though. Uh, fins up. I'm not a big Devonta Foreman guy. And uh, Tua is back. Tua is back. He was never gone. He's just never good. So <laughs> he's back. He's back. Raiders Colts. Colts favored by seven and a half. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going Colts. The Raiders have tailed off. The Raiders aren't good. They're really not. I know they just won this past week, but that was against Drew Locke. I didn't even realize Drew Locke was starting until that game turned on. Um, also, guys, if you need a lot betting lock out there, everyone, Ian Book under .5 <laughs> passing touchdowns. 
He's gonna air it out, Colin. Come on. I will, dude. So over is like minus one eighty four, bro. I mean, like I, that should be like a lock. To, you should no. always throw more than one, but like also, dude, Trevor Lawrence has thrown like weird. one touchdown pass the last eight weeks. It's weird. And Gardner, Gardner Minshew's thrown twice as many, and he's only played one game. And someone needs to rescue him fast. Yes. Dude, yeah, someone's got to get it. Yeah, it, they need a new coach so bad. Um, I'll go Raiders. There's no reason behind it. I think the Colts are going to win the game, but Sean Raiders chance. Uh, new England, Jacksonville. This is this is a get right game of all get right games. New England at home, man. I'm not gonna go to this game now that uh, I can't watch Urban Meyer stare into the center of the earth. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I, I got to go New England here, and I'm hoping that. So I'm starting me starting uh, Ramondre Stevenson. So I need the backup. I need need I need like it to be a blowout. So Stevenson gets a lot of work like late in the game, scores a couple a touchdown or two. He was out this yeah. week. I don't know if it was. Oh, it was COVID. It was COVID, I think. Or he was ill early. He was, uh, just had illness, and then okay. later he got put on the COVID list. Thank you, Colin. But also, shout out Austin Eckler for not 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 only being a great fantasy player this year, but when he's out, just going on his like Twitter and be like, yo, everyone pick up Justin Jackson and start him. Like, I'm telling you. In a pretty nebulous backfield. So, like, nobody knows it's going to be Larry Roundtree or Josh Kelly. And he just like, dude, start Justin Jackson. And then Justin Jackson just – Takes you to the fantasy championship. I love Austin Eckler, man. He's guys. he's awesome. Or is he a dude or a low yeah. key beast? He, he's, he's all of it. He's he is a low key beast, a guy and a dude. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, he's a stud. He's, he's bald, bald Jesus, Jesus is what he is. No, <laughs> that's the Reddit. That's the Reddit nickname for yeah, who's who Rex Eckler. Burkhead then. Uh, Sexy Rexy. There you go. Yeah, Keenan Allen. Mm, he's okay. <laughs> no nickname for him. <laughs> the vice president undersecretary of only okay is what Keenan Allen is. That's from, uh, is that How I Met Your Mother thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's like when that's Randy's ah, that's right. title on How I Met Your Mother. That's right. Sean, you picked the Patriots, right? Um, yes. Okay, good. Making sure. Uh, Panthers at Saints. Uh, Ian Book again. Who knows? Maybe Taysom Hill. The Panthers suck. I think Taysom will be back, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going Saints. I'm going Saints. I would actually pick the Panthers if it was to, if it was Ian Book, but I think Taysom will go Saints. Back. Ian Book. I'm very excited to watch that. Uh, man, these are some rough games. Buccaneers, Jets. God, Buccaneers, oh, man. Bucks. Don't care who's playing receiver for Certainly them at not, that point, man. Give me Cyril Grayson. Just give me three Gronk touchdowns, oh. please. Bucks. Eagles at Dinosaurs. This is a somewhat competitive game. Yeah, the Eagles are just always bad until they're not bad. I don't know the Dinosaurs could play any worse than they did last week. But the Eagles. I got. I gotta go Eagles, man. I can't pick the dinosaurs to win a game. Yeah. 
yeah, the quarterback situation in Washington makes me unable to pick Washington. I'll go dinosaurs. The, the NFC least is uh is back alive. Nice. Broncos Chargers. This could be. I don't know if it's going to be so many quarterbacks back quarterbacks. I don't know if it'll be Drew Locke, but Chargers coming off a brutal loss. I can't imagine that they drop two in a row. I'm going Chargers. Yep, Chargers. Chargers. Colin and I have yet to break. We're the same pick so far. Texans at 49ers. Can Davis Mills do it two weeks in a row? No. 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 No, we cannot. I think he can. Yes. Are we doing it? (laughs) Sean needs to do something. I I think I've broken what? Five or six games? Different? More than that. One, two, three, four... Oh, no, maybe not. Five. It was only six. I thought it was more. Six different okay. so far. Um, where am I right now? Lions-Seahawks. I. There is a world the Lions win this game. I don't know if it's this world. If this game was in Detroit, I would give them more of a shot, but I, I'm going Seattle. So I'm actually I'm gonna wow. go Detroit. Um, I do I just think that I think that um oh shit <laughs> I was just kind of I was I was I, was, I the re, I like to look at the Vegas odds while I'm doing this so I'm on, I'm on my Fanduel account and I just bet another five dollars on Lions <laughs> money line after I'd already bet five dollars on Lions money line. Can you mind? undo it? Like I can cash out. Oh, I think I can cash out and they'll give my full money back. Wait, which one did I? Which one? I got better Just odds gone. than one of them. What day? Say it's the twenty seventh. Hey, the line got bet down. The line got bet down. The first one was uh, because I got it at. What did I get it at before? Something better. Something well, just sharp money yeah. as in the Lions. Guys. Colin, I'm going Lions um, too. So uh, there you go. You're, there you go. Well, the, okay, the Seahawks have not looked good this year, and the Lions would the Lions should have won their last two. Like, if the Lions had golf yesterday, they win that game. Um, which I mean, it's not saying a lot, but I, I the Lions have are, are on a little bit of a roll here, and the Seahawks have not looked overly good. So I'm going Lions. Yeah, I'd go Lions too. There's something to be said about a passionate two or three win team over a lackluster, underperforming five and ten team. Well, so the Lions are two and two in their last four, with the Tim Boyle loss to the Falcons that is back quarterback. So uh, they're playing; they're playing good football right now. Signs of encouragement for sure. All right, Rams at Ravens. Yes. Who starts a quarterback for Baltimore? We don't know. This is a game where you definitely can come back in and change your answer to this depending on who ends up starting. Depending on who wins the game. No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Um, I still think the Ravens have too many injuries and COVID issues on defense. So I'm going to go Rams, despite Matthew Stafford's lackluster performance this week. Will the will the Ravens have Lamar back? I think. Probably? I think so. 
Yeah, I have to go Rams too, even though with Lamar back, it's going to be tighter for sure. <clears throat> the Ravens can't afford to lose this game. Is at home. Lamar will be back. Ravens. We're going for the kill, boys. There we go. I love it. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Vikings at Packers. Packers have been teetering the almost losing the past couple weeks, but I think they I think the Packers Go Pack go. Um I'm going to go <clears throat> with Vikings. Kill shot. It is supposed to be seven degrees. Awesome. And it's supposed to snow four to eight inches today. And I think another two inches on Friday. Um, it's gonna be ice cold, snowy. Run the ball. There you go. Nice. And finally, Monday Night Football. Browns Steelers. Season on the line. Both teams. You already know I'm picking the Browns. What do you guys have to say? The Browns should definitely win this game. They should. The Steelers are really bad at football. So Browns. Dude, they're so bad. The, the Browns, like, like they just keep finding ways to lose. That are just keep continually. They shock me every week. It's a different way. I'm gonna go Browns, but I don't feel good about it. Wait, if I flop back, will it be ten games I different? Um. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> No, no. The, the Steelers are that bad. Browns. Okay. All right. So those are our game picks. We will see what happens after tonight's game to see who is in the lead going into the final two weeks. But uh, it's shaping up to be quite the race down to the end. And Sean could be the spoiler of all spoilers if he somehow nails all of these picks this upcoming week. Um, yeah. Anybody have anything else to add out there to the people? Um, no, nothing on my end. Uh, fun show. Uh, good to be back, and we'll talk next week. And I'm one game back with a lot to play. Yeah, good, good stuff, boys. That was a, it was a solid show there. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you next week. Go Cats.